0: This is Jonathan Hanson, and I want to welcome you to the Warning television program. You could also be listening to the Warning radio program or shortwave program, as well as social media on Facebook. So welcome to you all. I'm coming from our college chapel here at World Ministries International. We have our staff and their families, so it's a live audience. And I want to speak today on godly character is critical, Godly character is critical. Now, we're all living in serious, dangerous, and even deadly times. Many highly influential and highly visible church leaders have compromised the word of God for money and prestige or acceptance like the prosperity and woke pastors. Again, if you realize what's going on in America, it's very dangerous right now. And we're seeing... Not only treason, but we're seeing compromise all the way around. Either from ignorance, if we want to say more bluntly, even stupidity. Lack of understanding the word of God. And maybe they've been in love with themselves more than God. And don't really understand anymore the scriptures or discernment. And how even governments can manipulate you. Like they manipulated pastors in Germany to cooperate with them. So when when the tyranny started the pastors calmed their people and said, cooperate. We're in serious times right now. It's not a time to cooperate when people are making laws and edicts like the governor of Washington state, and uh, he's acting like a tyrant and making decisions that are unconstitutional. This is not time to cooperate. It's time for civil disobedience. When they say you can't worship, you can't hold a church, it's time for every church to hold their, their services indoors, and they worship as long as they want, And sing as loud as they want. We do not cooperate when it comes against our freedoms, our constitutional rights. This is supposed to protect us from tyranny. You don't cooperate with a tyrant that wants to move you into the new world order. Again, godly character is critical. Galatians 5, 19 through 26. Let's read that. Galatians 5, 19 through 26. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, Uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another Envying one another. So it's very clear the manifestations, the, the characteristics of a person that is born again, walking according to the teachings of Jesus Christ, and one that is walking according to their flesh, their carnality, walking with their hatred, like Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa, uh, the Democratic Party. Look at the hatred against President Donald Trump. Uh, this is just pure demonic hatred. Ephesians 4, 23 through 520. So Ephesians 4, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 23 through chapter 5, verse 20. I read, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye may put on a new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth. With his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let not corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor, evil speaking be put away, and all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children, walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication, uncleanliness, covetousness, let it not be named among you, become saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." For that ye know that no whoremonger or unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. But ye which were sometimes dark in darkness, but now are in the light, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, praying what is acceptable unto the Lord, and proving it with your life, and having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of such things which are done to them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifested by the light. For whosoever doth make manifest is light." Therefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumvently, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, whereas excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto the God and for the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Again, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, even though it's in the King James. Our life should be a living testimony of the character of Jesus Christ. We need to allow God to deal with our carnality. It's called sin. We should not walk deliberately in sin. I believe God right now is judging the church through these times we're living in, even if the church doesn't realize it. Even through these COVID restrictions, this tyranny, God is seeing and He's going to be judging the church, and He is judging the church. He's allowing our freedoms to be taken away, and we're going to have to fight for them right now. If we don't know how to fight for them, we're going to be a victim. So God is dealing with the church, the backslidden church, the lukewarm church, the compromising church. Proverbs twenty twenty eight, loyalty and truth preserve the king, and he upholds his throne of righteousness. Notice here that loyalty and truth will protect and sustain a king. That righteousness or upright conduct will uphold his throne. The first and foremost quality which will be displayed by the kings that are coming will be godly character. God wants to raise us up and we need to be exhibiting in order to move with the power of God and the authority of God, we need to have godly character. When we read the Gospel of Matthew, we're reading the writings of a king who is teaching about a king who is teaching others How to become kings. The Bible says we can be kings. We should be kings. After Jesus selected his disciples in Matthew 4, 19, he called them and said, come and follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. I will make you. I will turn you into kings. I will turn you into leaders. I will turn you into my ambassador that can move with my authority in my name, with my power. Then after selecting and calling them, he took them up in the Mount of Beatitudes and began instructing them. Discipleship. In Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus taught his disciples how to develop the character of the kingdom of God. We just read some of the character of God and what is supposed to be in your and my life. This is the first and most important step of becoming a godly king we must develop a quality of character that is befitting of ruling over God's kingdom. Again, if you watch Black Lives Matter, if you watch these protests, I mean, it is so vulgar, the words that are coming out of their mouth uh, and what they do to innocent people. It's such a shame and a disgrace that you feel so sorry for the victims. Uh, you know, they pick on little old women, little old men, and the disabled. Uh, there's even been just pure assassinations. Uh, What we're we're seeing is just, again, right out of hell. This is demonic. You say, I don't understand this. This is right out of hell. And the Bible talks about the last days, the demons that are going to be loosed. And uh, we need, all of us, be understanding what we're fighting against. It's not just flesh and blood. It's principalities, powers of darkness. And we need to understand this. We need to do battle in the spirit. So, kings are rulers and it takes upright character to rule well loyalty truth honesty and integrity these are the traits that preserve a godly king and uphold his throne your gifts could bring you before a king and his throne proverbs 18:16 but only upright character can make you a king and give you a throne of your own only upright character Absalom did not have the character that he needed to rule. Absalom ended up being killed. We could go on with many examples in the Bible. Those that had the character of God that allowed God to develop them and how God used them in mighty, mighty ways—they're the heroes of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. But we we can also see the ones in the Bible that failed the test, like Judas. Your gifts can bring you before a king in his throne. But again, only upright character can make you a king. Your gifts can quickly take you to the top in God's kingdom. But only godly character can keep you there. There's a lot of leaders that have fallen. In fact, I was talking to a leader last night on the phone, a bishop in in Africa, and uh, asked him if he knew this, this person. He's actually a false prophet. And he says, yes, he started off in a good way, but uh, he, is, he is totally compromised and he's into his own vanity and heresy. And so again, vanity, vanity. Uh, if we don't let God character uh, develop within us, then we're, we're going to allow our vanity to get in the way and our vanity will destroy us. Our vanity, our pride. God resists the proud, Gives grace to the humble. We've got to get out of the way. When we get out of the way, then God can work through us. And We must also remember God is a jealous God, the Bible says. He will share his glory with nobody. A lot of times people rise and they want to share the glory. They might not say, I'm sharing the glory with God, but that's what they're doing. They're taking God's glory. And uh, many times you see a terrible Fall from these people. Fall from grace. And uh, it's a dangerous thing to take the glory that belongs to God. I remember in in, uh, Africa once, and uh, they introduced me with such warmth. And I was speaking in the largest church in in Kenya. And the night before, uh, people were healed and the Lord used me. I said, everyone with a goiter, come forward. And over 100 people came forward, a goiter, a tumor sticking out of their body. And as fast as I could touch them, uh, they fell and and the tumors disappeared. Well, the next night when they introduced me, they they gave me such a a warm, warm, uh, heroic welcome that I felt guilty. I felt uh, in my spirit, this is not right. And I I finally stopped it. I said, you know, I did not heal these people. And I appreciate, you know, that you appreciate a minister of God, but this is too much. Uh, You give God the glory. He did the healing, not me. Because I I felt guilty. I felt uh, that if I received that, that's sin. And they turned around and clapped for 45 minutes to God. And then that night we had a tremendous move of God in that place, including hearing angelic choir and and trumpeters and and, and angels singing English. And and, uh, they were singing in Swahili there. So, I mean, we had a tremendous move of God, but you got to get out of the way for that move of God. Again, steps to achievement. I I taught this once. There's grace. In other words, you might have a certain grace and anointing, and and it's recognizable. But unless you allow yourself to be groomed, then you are going to fall. And many times people and and their, their pride gets in the way, And they cause a lot of problems. They they won't allow themselves to be groomed. Once they reach maturity, the third step, then God can use them powerfully. But they never reach that third step because they don't allow the second step, the grooming, to take place. God's character to develop into their lives. And they start schisms and splits and and, uh, gossip and everything else. So again... There's a grace upon us, but with that grace, we must be allowing God to groom us and then to mature us so God's character can flow through us. And instead of us being an instrument like Judas for bringing division and destruction and, and, and treason, God can use us to bring unity and healing and deliverance. Amen. So we need to allow God to groom us and bring us into godly character. So point number one, the balance of mercy and truth. The King James translation of Proverbs 20:28 20, says, "Mercy and truth will preserve the king." Unquote. Now the balance of mercy and truth is very important, combination in the kingdom of God. We must have mercy, we must have truth. A person can have the truth and be completely unmerciful. In other words, they destroy people with the truth. You know when you, you find out about somebody's sin, you're not supposed to blab it all over creation. You're supposed to be talking to that person privately and hopefully it never has to go any further because the person changes. Now, if if the person never changes, and and, uh, a lot of times for me, I try for months, and then finally you have to continue until you remove the person if you have to. But uh, there should be a combination of mercy and truth. You don't want to destroy people, you want to restore people. You want to restore them, you don't want to destroy them. You're not there to embarrass them. You're there to even protect their, their pride or their person if you can. Uh, because if, if you try to do things in, in, in a wrong way, then uh, the Spirit of God is not going to help you bring restoration. That person's vanity is going to rise up and you're going to have a fight. And it's because of you were foolish, you weren't mature enough to understand how to deal with a person for restoration. Again, we need, uh, besides the anointing, we need grooming and maturity. Then we can minister wisely. Have you ever met someone who was unmerciful with the truth? Now, we all have. Unmerciful. Some people even kill you with the truth. You know, we're going to offer a class. We've offered it in the past. It deals with our tongue. Stop the runaway conversation. Take control over gossip and criticism. Uh, Every church Uh, needs uh, to offer that class. Why? Because if not, you're dealing with imperfect people and their vanity will cause their tongue to say things that shouldn't, that hurt one another, and and can even destroy or can bring schisms, destruction. So we need to be careful. We need to to understand that uh, truth can kill if it's not used to restore, if it's not used wisely. You don't want a, a proud, arrogant person knowing the truth of somebody's sins Because instead of lovingly restoring them, they will destroy them. The truth of God's word is supposed to set us free and bring you life. But it brings nothing but bondage and death through someone who is unmerciful. Okay? So if we're we're unmerciful, uh, then the truth brings nothing but bondage and death. Where the truth is supposed to set us free. The Lord is truthful and just, but he is also very compassionate And merciful you know King David when he sinned, he says let me fall into the hands of God I mean God didn't just close his eyes he spanked him pretty good but he knew that man could destroy him because if man got a hold of him you know King David made some sins that he could have been executed adultery murder he himself could have been executed he wanted the mercy of God let me not fall under man with no spirit of righteousness, no mercy and grace. So, we gotta be careful with the heart of an accuser. We wanna make sure that uh, uh, we fall under uh, the spirit of God who can restore us, not somebody who will destroy us. Point number two God is restoring his fivefold government. I believe that uh, God's spirit is moving upon. Uh, the The nations right now, I believe that god's kings will develop strong godly character. God is training up men and women to be righteous rulers, and they are the ones who will rule and reign with Jesus. He is training us right now for ruling with him later, and he's going to continue to allow us to go through the fire. Uh, you know when when you go through fire if you're if you're going to have silver the 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 heat, the fire takes away the dross so the imperfections, and then you have that silver. God is doing the same thing with his church right now. The church doesn't realize it, but as they're trying to put limitations and restrictions on the church, God is dealing with the backslidden condition of the church that has cooperated with evil men. And so God is starting to judge his church, and I don't believe most of the church is really recognizing at all what's going on. So, I do believe the martyrs will be the first to be appointed because they have already proven to be loyal and truthful. They've already given up their lives instead of compromised. So I believe those that are willing to be martyrs or have been martyrs are going to be the first God uses to rule and reign. Now God can see your heart and he can see if you would be willing to be a martyr. And uh, that's what God is looking for. God judges the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. God judges the heart. In Isaiah 9, 6-7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Notice the government is given to the mature son, not the immature child. And his name shall be called Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now each of the fivefold ministry offices of Ephesians eleven are indicated in this passage of scripture and his name will be called wonderful that's apostolic ministry counselor prophetic mighty god evangelistic everlasting father the pastor prince of peace the teacher and then it says of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end we need to be working together with a fivefold gifts of ministry to make the church perfect we're not perfect and we need the gifts of ministry when we can't have the power of the book of Acts until we have the government of the book of Acts the church for a long time has been out of order pastor, evangelist, teacher not realizing there's the apostolic and prophetic that is there to give direction and lead God is restoring the fullness of his five-fold ministry to the church God is raising up apostles prophets, evangelists Pastors and teachers all over the world who were governed in the church and one day rule and reign with him over the nations. The fivefold representations and representatives of his theocratic government will be fully in place when he returns. We're seeing fivefold gifts of ministry operate right now all through the world. Jesus is not going to come back for a dysfunctional church. The church is going to become pure and holy and it's going to become pure and holy through chastisement, through judgment, through fire and the dross is going to come out of our lives. He's coming back to a proper government, one that can rule and reign with him and through him, one that can lead and work through. He will take great spiritual maturity to understand and cooperate with God's biblical form of government in these last days. So people are going to have to mature. Their vanity has to get out of the way. We must understand we are a unit. We are an army. We are one. It will take godly character most of all. Point number three, the character of a father, Malachi 4, 5 through 6. In the last days, God will send the spirit of Elijah and he'll return the heart of fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So the kings that are coming will also have the Elijah anointing upon their life. They'll have a fathering spirit. There'll be true spiritual fathers and mothers to those who are under them. they will be nurturing individuals, people who admonish, instruct, discipline, and appoint. They'll also have fully developed servants' hearts. Point number four, the character of a servant. You remember that in the 1990s, the understanding of apostolic ministry started to grow and be restored to the church. And one of the main truths that accompanied apostolic restoration, the most important was a servant's heart. We're supposed to serve. We're supposed to be fathers, not to be lords. Now, all over the world, you see it reversed and people are taking in their vanity, trying to be lords and some of them calling themselves different titles that don't deserve them. But if they want to be lords and not servants, something is really wrong. At the beginning of many of Apostle Paul's letters, he would write, Paul, the servant of God, called to be an apostle. In other words, Paul was saying, a servant of God is who I am. The apostolic ministry is what I do. He always seems to put the two together. Paul, the servant of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, he that would be greatest among you, or carry the highest authority, must be the servant of all. Matthew 9, 35. And five, Jesus was the servant of all. With the restoration of God, apostolic fivefold government, we are seeing the highest levels of godly character being developed. You can't have any greater character than a servant. That's the epitome of the present apostolic restoration, servanthood. If, if you see somebody and he gives himself a title, Bishop, Archbishop, Apostle, and he's not a servant. Something is wrong because he should be a servant. There should be a father's heart. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus was a servant. He was unconditionally obedient to the Father. And because of this, he received the highest position of authority in the universe. He became head over all things to the church, and he was given the name which is above every name. Ephesians 1:22 Philippians 2, 9. In the same way, godly character required of those who wish to reign as kings in this life and in the life to come is a necessity. We must have godly character. Again, you might want to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into unity and become a perfect man that has not happened again he gave some apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers 360-629-5248 that's my phone number and uh, do what you can uh, as as we haven't been able to speak in churches due to this faked up pandemic and God richly, richly bless you I'll see you again